Good Evening by Adam Maxwell. It's evidence, she said at the time. Evidence that there's life. And she waves her hands in the air. Out there, the afterlife. I was dubious, but we've been friends a long time. Long enough for me to know when I was being fed shit pie. It was unlikely that Madame Zena would have made it to the point in her life where her permed hair turned grey without attracting some degree of international notoriety for being able to commune with anyone on the other side. Journalists tend to be interested in things like that. Tuesday was a slow night for me, so when Becky asked me to go along to an evening of clairvoyance, I couldn't resist. The prospect of some beyond-the-grave shenanigans was, it has to be said, too good to miss. Hef a shit, says Madame Zena in her faux Germanic accent, and Becky, myself, and my girlfriend, Chloe, sheet down as instructed. Chloe looks over at me, and the corners of her mouth rise, just a millimetre, laughing at her. She explains the rules, how it all works. Becky sits, staring, wrapped. Chloe sits, staring, agog. I sit, staring, trying to remember if I lock the car door. Madame Zena, this evening, or as she would have it, Ethening, has chosen the Ouija board as her weapon of choice. Sort of retro is the new chic for the mystic community. I have my doubts that this will be an effective way of communing with the hereafter, but you never know, do you? So off we go. She's good. She's really fucking good. Scarily so. First off, she does Becky. Glass sliding about, spelling words. Words building into advice about her life. Not to get into much detail, but I think Colin's going to find himself dumped as a result of some dodgy advice handed out by a guinea pig Becky owned when she was four. Nuts, yes, but accurate. There is a dark presence in the room, says Madame Zena with a shriek. You have recently been very close to the other side, no? She had. Last week, Chloe was nearly run over when her car mounted the pavement a few streets from where we live. I was the only person there. She could not have known there was no way. Sure enough, the glass whipped this way, that way, spelling out the good news that the one who saved her was the one she would spend the rest of her life with. Thankfully, the person who saved her was me, otherwise I could have ended up in the same boat as poor Colin. Chloe looked visibly shaken, her shoulders hanging loose, but her finger still on the glass, transfixed. You! Madame Zena announced, staring at me. There is someone here for you this evening. J. A. M. I. E. Jamie. It spells out. Our fingers on the glass, and it doesn't feel like Chloe or Becky or Madame Zena are doing it. It's just moving, spelling out my name. I deliberately don't react, and deliberately don't catch Chloe's gaze. I wanted to know that this mad woman might be onto something. Why? Oh. You. You. It starts moving faster. This 
is your uncle Clarence. Again, there's no way she, she could know. I catch Chloe's eyes and she's looking, eyebrow raised in a question. W H E N. When you get home, sweat starts to roll from my knuckle down my index finger towards the glass as it moves. L O O K. Look under the floorboard in the spare room, and it's over. We stop. We walk outside hand in hand. Chloe has the same cold sweat on her palms I do. We get in the car and drive the whole way home without speaking. Not a word until she closes the front door and asks me if I'm going to look. I tell her I'm not. She wanders off to put the kettle on. But I go upstairs into the spare room, find the floorboard and lift it. It gives way easily much easier than it should when there's something in there a piece of paper on it are written eight words you are an idiot will you marry me in Chloe's handwriting I'll get you for this I screamed on the stairs but she's standing on the landing well she says with a smile that fills the room Yes. <laughs>